It's good to see you. The Tates are back in the house. Uh, thank you all for your, thank you. Um, I don't know if there's ever been a Sunday where at least one Tate wasn't in the building. Um, but yeah, COVID running through the house, and I think we're finally on the mend. All is well. My throat um, and my voice are not at full strength, so if I need to be muted here and there, or if I need to take a sip, or if I need to hack up a lung, would you all be patient with me? I'm going to pace myself this morning. I made it through one service. Here's round number two. Um, so I, I know so many folks are sick and dealing with it. So thank you all for your, your prayers, your care, and your kindness. Um, I do want to say on a side note, uh, I've never been stuck at home as much as I have been over the course of this whole month, I feel like. But the, 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 one of the big themes of this whole series that we're in in the beginning is is the faithfulness of God and how God is sovereign and he works all things together for our good. And, and I've, I'm going to unashamedly say that as I've been stuck at home, I have watched a lot of football coverage over the last few weeks. I am a Cincinnati Bengals fan, as you heard from Justin. And literally, it, hey, hush now. <laughs> It has been since I was 12 years old that my team has done this well. Now, I know some of you jokers are like, well, three years ago, <laughs> you know. Uh, no, it was 1988. So I have spent all of my teenage years, all of my 20s, all of my 30s, and halfway through my 40s waiting for my team to do this well. And so y'all, if you don't have a team, you can root for my Bengals. There's plenty of room on that bandwagon, all right? They play today at 3 p.m. against the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, if you all aren't into football, then you can just say a prayer, all right? God is good regardless if my team wins or not, but uh, he likes the prayers of his people. So pray this afternoon, all right? So excited for that. But I say that because the one time my team does well, I'm stuck at home for a couple weeks. So I've never watched this much football in my life, but the Lord works all things together for good. He'll even use COVID. So I got a chance to enjoy all the coverage on my team this last couple weeks. So we're in this series. We're in the fifth and final week of the series called In the Beginning. What we're doing as a church is we're making this journey through the scriptures and the story of God and this month, and we're in a Bible reading plan as well. Hopefully you've joined us. If you haven't, you can still join us there. Bible reading plans over at Next Steps called F260. It's five-day-a-week Bible reading plan. Um, and, and what we're doing in this series in the beginning is that we're going through the book of Genesis and hitting a few of the highlights. And this is the first book of the Bible, and it's so foundational in understanding who God is and so many things in human history and the plan of God begins to unfold and so many incredible lessons that we see in the book of Genesis. And last week, Jay did a great job of bringing us into kind of the origin story of one of the patriarchs. Joseph uh, was one of the 12 sons of, of uh, Jacob. And man, what a remarkable life story. We're going to continue a little bit this morning in the, the story of Joseph. But I want to lead off with this quote by James Boyce on the life and the, the character of Joseph. It says this, He was loved and hated, favored and abused, tempted and trusted, exalted and abased. Yet at no point in the 110-year life of Joseph did he ever seem to get his eyes off God or cease to trust him. Adversity did not harden his character. 
prosperity did not ruin him. He was the same in private as in public. He was a truly great man. And so we're going to continue looking at the story of, of Joseph because what you see, what you saw last week, and maybe as you're in the Bible reading plan on your own, as we'll see this morning, is that Joseph endured a lot of adversity, a lot of adversity, and yet he trusted God through it all. And so we have some incredible things to learn from the life of Joseph because, as you know, you will experience adversity. And my hope is that you will be able to trust God through it all. And so the big idea this morning is, is this, that God uses trials and temptations in your life to accomplish his plans so you can trust him no matter what happens. God uses trials and temptations in your life to accomplish his plans so you can trust him no matter what happens. And we'll see that this morning in the life of, of Joseph. So the title this morning is Losing Your Coat Without Losing Your Character. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 39. I just want to take a moment to pray, pray that the Lord will give me a voice, uh, and pray that we'll have ears to hear this morning. And so, Father, again, I just want to say thank you for your goodness to us, your faithfulness that endures. And Lord, I just pray this morning that as we open your word, as we look at and consider the life of Joseph, Lord, I pray that we would be able to see ourselves in his story, that though our circumstances will vary and be different, God, the adversity that we face, the trials, the temptations we go through, Lord, none of us are oblivious to those things. And Lord, we want to learn this morning what we can learn from Joseph's life. We want to follow his example. Ultimately, we want to follow the the goodness and the grace of Jesus as we navigate this life. And so I pray that you would open our ears, that you would open our hearts, that you would speak to us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Genesis chapter 39, if you would turn there with me, there's a few things that I want us to see from the life of Joseph. The first thing is this, is that Joseph was faithful where God placed him. Joseph was faithful where God placed him. And we're going to read the first six verses of Genesis 39. And it says this, now, Joseph had been brought down to Egypt. And if you remember from last week, the story of Joseph, Joseph uh, was loved by his father above all of his brothers. And yet um, his brothers hated him because of this. And so they left him for dead. He was sold off into slavery, um, made his way into Egypt. And he is now in Egypt in the house of Potiphar. Again, verse one, Joseph had been brought down to Egypt in Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him, and he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house 
and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. We're going to pause there. So you see, Joseph was faithful where God had placed him. So Joseph sold into slavery. He, he ends up in the house of this Egyptian master. And all you see from the life of Joseph is you see faithfulness, faithfulness to God. It says that the Lord was, was with him. The Lord was with him. So in all of his adversity, as he's sold off into slavery, as he ends up in this Egyptian house, it wasn't as if God just like dropped him into this situation, and dropped him into this adversity and like stepped away and left. No, it says that the Lord was with him. And you see this throughout Genesis 39, that in all of the circumstances, in all of the adversity, every step along the way, the Lord was with him. And it says that, that he was successful, like God gave him success in everything that he did, everything that he put his hand to, God made it successful. So much so that his, his authority figure, the, this, this, fair, or this uh, Potiphar, uh, he, he looked on him and could clearly see that God was with him. And so he gave him favor, he gave him charge, he promoted him over his whole house and all that he had. And God blessed the work of his hands. And though this was not the best situation for Joseph, man, he made the best of the situation that he was in. And he was faithful. He was just faithful. He was faithful to God and obedient to God. And this reminds me of, of 1 Corinthians 4 when it talks about us as servants of God, as stewards of God. It says in 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found what? Faithful. The thing that God is looking for in his servants and his people is not sinless perfection. He's looking for faithfulness. And Joseph, in the midst of this situation, what you see is faithfulness. And Jesus, on multiple occasions, Matthew 25, Luke 16, he, he tells these stories, these parables, and, and at the end of the day, what he says is that if you're faithful in a little, if you're faithful with a little, then God will give you much. He'll give you more responsibility. He pr will promote you when he can see that he can trust you with a little. And this is true in the life of Joseph, that he was just faithful where he was at. And you saw and heard no complaining, there's no whining, there's no woe is me, there's no seeking revenge, there's no, this is not fair. All you see from Joseph is he put his head down and he was faithful to God. He worked and he honored God in the place where he put him, in the circumstance, in the situation with what God had given him. He was faithful. This is a big deal. This is a big deal, and we'll talk more about this in a little bit, but the, the next thing we see here is that Joseph fled from temptations. So in the midst of this, this situation that he was in, there was these temptations that came his way, and Joseph responded by fleeing. If you go back to verse number six, it says this, the last part of the verse, it says, now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Translation, Joseph was a good-looking dude, all right? So he's handsome. Verse number seven, and after a time, his master's wife 
cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. This is what we would call in 2022 a cougar, all right? She's like, come, she's tempting him. Verse number eight, but he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He's not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you because you are his wife. Let me remind you, all right? And then he goes on to say this, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph, day after day, he would not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. But one day, verse 11, when he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house were there in the house, she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. So let's pause there for a second. So you you see this temptation comes to Joseph and he has this opportunity to act on it. This is from Potiphar's wife, his master's wife. And, And what you see from Joseph is that he refused to give in. He would not betray his master who has given him charge over all of this, who had put him in this position. He wasn't going to betray his master. But even more than that, he said, I am not going to sin against my God in this. I will not sin against my God in this. And it wasn't as if she came to him one day and she tempted him and he said, no, no thanks, I'm out, and then walked away. And that was the end of the story. If you notice, there was a phrase in there that as she came to him day after day. So it's like day in and day out, she's approaching him and she's tempting him and she's calling him to this sinful action. And day after day, Joseph resists. Day after day, Joseph refuses. And when he got put in a corner, what did he do? I love this. He ran. He fled. He, he, he left his garment and he took off. And you know what I find, at least in my life, and I don't know if this would ring true with you or not, when I'm in a low place, I, I, I feel like I'm more susceptible to temptation. When I'm in a low place, I tend to give in more easily. I'm, I'm already in a low place and weak and maybe not thinking clearly. Uh, I don't have the right perspective. I'm not necessarily honoring God. And so it's easy for me to, to give in to temptation when I'm facing adversity or when I'm in a low place. And yet here is Joseph who's in this place of adversity and he's been sold off by his brothers and he's faithful to God, but then this temptation comes and, and here is Joseph who resists. And, you know, the Bible is pretty clear on instruction, on its instruction to us and how to handle temptation. It says flee, get out, run, run far, far away. Don't hang around. Don't try to be strong. Don't have, try to have self-control. It says flee, run. And I want you to see some verses in the New Testament. First Corinthians six eighteen, flee from sexual immorality. And, and a lot of times when we think of temptation, we think of it in this realm of sexual immorality, and, and the Bible speaks of that often, but really temptation is any time that we have this desire that creeps up in us to, 
to do something outside of what God has designed us for. When we disobey the Lord and his good design for us. And he, he says, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 18, flee from sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians 10 and just a few chapters later, he says this about temptation. No temptation has overtaken you that is, not, uh, that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide what? A way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So in every temptation, he provides a way of escape. What's that way of escape? Verse 14, therefore, my beloved, do what? Flee from idolatry. There's always a way of escape. So get out of there. Flee, run away. First Timothy 6, 11, but as for you, Paul speaking to young Pastor Timothy here, he says, as for you, O man of God, flee these things. He, this is in the context of temptation. It says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Run away and pursue righteousness. 2 Timothy 2, verse 22. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So flee and run towards, pursue the Lord with those who are also pursuing the Lord, but flee those passions. James 4, 7 says it a little differently. Same idea. He says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So when temptation comes, flee the devil and he will flee from you. And so Joseph, in this place of adversity, he fled from temptation. And in his fleeing, Joseph, he not only left his coat behind, he left everything behind. Think of what Joseph had worked up to. He was in this position, this position of, of power and authority, and he was in a place of experiencing success and wealth, and he had this name and reputation. And, and when Joseph decided to run away, when he decided to leave his coat, he left all of that behind as well. He left the position, he left the power, he left the reputation. And, and I don't think that I don't think that Joseph was like weighing his options here. I don't think Joseph was like, okay, if I give in to her, then I might lose this. I don't, I don't think he was weighing his options. I think based on his response that he cared so deeply about the glory of God and God receiving honor with his life, he, he refused to throw away his character in this moment. He refused to throw away his integrity. He was unwilling to offend God. He didn't even think about what he was gonna lose if he walked away from this situation. But he, all he could think about was, I don't wanna throw away my character and my integrity. I don't wanna lose the hand of God on my life and the blessing and the favor of God on my life. Because here's the reality is that any time that you and I give in to temptation, we throw something out. We give up something. We give up a piece of our integrity. We give up our character. 
But Joseph wasn't willing to do that. And, and, and just another side note with Joseph, um, you know, one of my favorite things that Jay said last week was, you know, that he talked about this coat of many colors that, that Jacob had made for, for Joseph, and it was the, the coat that inspired the musical. I love that one. If any of you caught that one, he slid that in there. Um, but it was this coat. It was this garment. And this was the thing that signified that, that their father loved him more than all the others, and, and he lost that that coat. And then here again in Genesis 39, here's Joseph again. Like Joseph just doesn't like keeping his coat on. It's like, boy, keep your clothes on. Um, but he, but he, he, he fled that coat. He dropped that coat because he didn't want to throw away his character. And so Joseph fled from temptation. So he was faithful where God placed him. He fled from temptation. And then here's something else I want us to see as the rest of this story plays out. Joseph was faultless in adversity. Joseph was faultless in adversity. So what happens here? Verse number 13. As soon as she, Potiphar's wife, saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and said to them, see, he has brought among us, speaking of her husband, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to me to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. And so the story that she tells is a complete fabrication, right? She absolutely lies to save her own skin. And then in verse number 16, and she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story. Actually, there's a slight little twist here. The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to laugh at me. Earlier she said to all the servants that he came in to laugh at us. And and now she's a little more pointed. She says, this Hebrew servant you brought in came to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and he fled out of the house. Verse number 19. And as soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way that your servant treated me. His anger was kindled. So Potiphar's angry here at Joseph. Verse number 20, and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. Verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. And so here we see again, Joseph was faultless, in adversity. So Joseph runs, and, and that word faultless, another way that we would, would classify that or a word we would use, we see in the New Testament, the word blameless or above reproach. In other words, there was nothing that you could truthfully lay, no accusation you could make towards Joseph that would stick. He was faultless. He was above reproach. But you see that, that Joseph was, was slandered. You know what it means to be slandered? 
that's to be the recipient of malicious false statements or, or lies. It is to have your good name or your reputation attacked. It's to have someone try to bring disgrace or dishonor upon you. And we see Potiphar's wife slandered him. She told these outright lies about him. And so his situation went from bad to worse, right? He was sold into slavery, but he made the best of the situation. And now the, his master's wife lies about him. So now he gets thrown into prison. He was falsely in prison. And in case you didn't catch that, like I just find this interesting. On verse 20, it says, Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. And in case you weren't sure what a prison was, he says the place where the king's prisoners were confined and he was there in prison. And so there's this, this very, this highlighted point here. He's in prison. He's in prison where prisoners go. He's in prison. And the next, the very next phrase, verse number 21, but the Lord was with Joseph. Again, he didn't stick him in this prison. He didn't stick him into this place of adversity. He didn't place him into this this circumstance and step away and just go on about his business. No, he put him in that place and he was with him. He was with him every step of the way. And yet Joseph remained faithful in adversity. And it says that God showed him love, steadfast love. And we see that, that phrase again, on and on throughout the, the Old Testament. It's that never give up, never run out kind of love. God showed him steadfast love and he gave him favor. So much so that again, he found favor with the keeper of the prison and he puts him in charge of everything. And, and I just think about in like my own life and in my past and in, in, in work situations and these things where like, I feel like what we tend to do is we tend to like go after and pursue promotion you know what I mean? We want to be promoted. We want to be recognized. We want to be honored. And, and yet Joseph did none of that. You know what Joseph was consumed with? Not promoting himself, but promoting the Lord and honoring God and being faithful to the Lord. And you know what God did in every circumstance? He promoted Joseph. He was the one who gave him favor. Because Joseph, he was determined to control what he could control, which was his decisions, which was his character, which was his integrity. He controlled what he could control, and he said, you know what, everything else, God, I trust to you. I leave it up to you. My circumstance, the situation, where it's gonna end, what's gonna happen, God, I'm just gonna be faithful to you in the midst of this adversity, and I'm gonna leave the rest up to you. And I've quoted Charles Stanley on this multiple times, and I'm going to do it again because I think it's such a simple but strong truth that we can use every single day. He says, obey God and leave all the, circum or leave all the consequences to him. Obey God and leave all the consequences to him. And that's what Joseph did. He continued to be faithful, and he was faultless in the midst of adversity. And so how do we live in light of this truth? How do we apply this to our circumstances? Because we all face adversity. Maybe you are dealing with adversity right now. Maybe you're not. It's going to look different than what Joseph experienced. But 
How do we live in light of, of this truth and the example that we see in the life of, of Joseph? So hopefully as you've been listening, like you're seeing yourself in some ways in the midst of your adversity, in the midst of a situation that you can't control, in the midst of this situation that you wish was, was different. And, and so let me ask you a couple questions. Are you being faithful where God has placed you? Are you being faithful where God has placed you with what he has put in your hand to do? Are you being faithful? We tend to, you know, a lot of times say, well, I'm going to do this once my circumstance changes. I will be faithful once God changes this up. I will be faithful once I feel better. I will be faithful once this relationship improves. I will be faithful when I'm in a different job. I will be faithful when, and are you being faithful with where God has placed you, with the family God has given you, with the relationships he's put in your life? Are you being faithful to the Lord with those relationships? Are you being faithful with your Money. And nobody likes when preacher goes to meddling and talking about money, but are you faithful to be generous and giving with what God has given you? Are you faithful with your giftings, with the way that God has gifted you? God has given every single one of us gifts to serve others. Are you using the gifts that God has given you to serve people in your home, in this church? at work, at school, in your neighborhood, because if you aren't using the things that God has given you for his glory and his purposes, you're not being faithful. Are you being faithful where you are at with what God has given you? Here's what I've discovered. I just, I've discovered what Joseph discovered. Maybe you've discovered this too, that if you will just be faithful with wherever God has placed you, even if you hate the circumstance that you're in, if you will be faithful to God with whatever he has put in your hand, with whatever he's given you to do, that he will be with you and he will bless you. He will give you favor with others that you don't have to fight for, you don't have to work for. They will see it, they will notice it, and you will find favor because the hand of God is on your life and he will bless you when you honor him, when you are faithful to him. Amen? Are you being faithful with what he has given you and with where he has put you, with whatever circumstances, whatever adversity you find yourself in? Are you being faithful? Are you putting your head down and just being faithful to the Lord who is with you? And then, you know, you think about the life of Joseph and how when temptation came that he, what did he do? He fled, right? So what are the temptations or where are you being tempted right now in your life and what are you doing with it? Where are you being tempted? Maybe tempted in thoughts, maybe tempted to cut corners in some way in your life, maybe tempted to slander someone or tempted to cheat or to, to lie or to steal or what is it that maybe you're being tempted in right now and what are you doing with it? Are you entertaining it? Are you trying to be strong? Are you trying to be super spiritual and endure? Or are you, are you fleeing? Are you running from temptation and running to the Lord? And if you're going through adversity right now, are you living above reproach? 
Are you controlling the things that you can control, which is your character, your integrity, your decisions, and just trust in the Lord with the rest of it? You know, Joseph's life and Joseph's example that we see here in Genesis 39 is incredible. It's an incredible example of being faithful to the Lord. It's an incredible example of fleeing from temptation. It's an incredible example of of living above reproach and without sin. But here's the reality for every single one of us. Here's the reality for you is that you will fail to be 100% faithful to the Lord. You will give in to temptations sometimes. You will not be faultless in all of your adversity. In fact, there will come times where you will be completely at fault. You will be completely guilty and in sin and, and, and wickedness against the Lord. And the reality is with Joseph, Joseph was not perfect either. And you cannot perfectly follow his example in Genesis 39. And so let's follow the example of Joseph. But that's not the good news for us this morning. The good news is this, is that though Joseph was not perfect, though you are not perfect, there was a descendant of Joseph to which all of the book of Genesis, to which all of the scriptures, to which all of the story of God points toward. That descendant was Jesus Christ, who was 100% faithful to his father, completely pleasing to the Lord. He was 100% free of sin, never once giving in to temptation. He was 100% faultless, without sin, without fault. And yet, like Joseph, he was condemned for a crime that he didn't commit. But he willingly suffered the punishment for you. And for me, that punishment was the cross that he went to, that he put himself through. He willingly paid the price of death on the cross so that you and I could be freed and forgiven of our sin so that we could not live a perfect life and follow perfectly the example of Joseph, but so that we could have the person of Jesus who walks with us in the midst of our adversity, who gives us the strength and grace, his hand of blessing that when we're faithful to him, he will, he will use us, he will give us favor with others so that we can trust him no matter what. This is the good news. We have a good example in Joseph, but the good news is we have a perfect Savior. Amen. And you can know today that God is using your trials and your temptations in your life to accomplish his plans. So you can trust him no matter what. You can be faithful to him in the midst of everything. 1 Peter 3.18, let me read you one more verse here. It says this, 
about Christ. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, which is us, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. This is Jesus. And you know what? We've, we've been talking about it leading into 2022, and we've been talking about it these first few weeks that, that, that I've called this year, the theme that is the year of discipleship, which means as disciples, as followers of Jesus, I hope that this is a year where you have the greatest spiritual growth that you ever have in your life as you follow the Lord, as you get into his word, that this will be the greatest year of spiritual growth in your life. But here's the truth is that growth doesn't come easy, right? Growth comes with adversity. Growth comes with difficulty. Growth comes with suffering. I heard this quote that I love, and it, it, I heard it in the context of like physical training or working out or um, weight training. It's, it's this quote, if it doesn't challenge you, and I think I've used it before, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. Y'all ever heard that? If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. So this process, spiritual, a spiritual growth, the process of, of growing spiritually, becoming more like Christ, becoming more holy, the process tends to be more painful than it does pleasant, right? But the result, the product of growth is beautiful, but we have to go through adversity. We have to experience suffering. If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. And so even if, even if we're literally at the, the tail end of January 2022, we're like a twelfth of the way through this, this year. And I look at my like year and I'm like, this year so far has not, is not turning out the way that I was hoping like, I've been stuck in my house for weeks, and here we are. It's almost February, and, and I don't know what you're going through. Maybe you're going through the same thing or worse, but here's the deal. Even if January 2022 hasn't started out well for you, you can still trust God, and you can still be faithful to Him no matter what you're going through. No matter what the trials are, no matter what the temptations are, you can trust him knowing that he is going to use all the stuff to accomplish his plans in your life. And so look at the example of Joseph. Follow the example of Joseph. But man, trust in Christ. Amen. And Father God, thank you for the promises that you have given us. Thank you for Christ who has come to free us, to forgive us, to give us the power and the strength and the grace that we need to walk through our adversity. Whether it's in the Egyptian's home or the prison, whatever wherever you place us, whatever you put in our hands to do. Lord, would you, would you find us faithful that in the midst of our adversity, we could flee temptation 
and that we could look to Christ and we could trust you and we could find our strength and we could find our joy in him alone, that we would trust in the promises of God, the precious, precious promises of God, and that we could see your presence with us and we could trust you knowing that you are working all things together for our good and your glory. And so this morning we turn our hearts towards Christ. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son. We thank you that he was willing to not just be condemned of a crime he didn't commit. He was willing to be crucified for every single crime in which we have committed against holy God. And so thank you for the forgiveness that we have in Jesus. Thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ. Help us to walk in that freedom. Help us to walk in a way that is faithful to you, that is trusting you, is controlling the things that we can control, and yet leaving all of the consequences to you, our faithful God. We love you and thank you for this opportunity we have to worship you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray.